Hello, friends. Have you ever come home after a hard day of work or on the road and said, I could really use a drink, but I'm not feeling beer or booze? Well, if we got your answer, Naughty Soda. Naughty Soda is a hard soda with an ABV of 5%. It's all natural and gluten-free. We make it with natural fruit juices, natural spices, and sweeten them with agave nectar. We also make a non-alcoholic version for those of you who don't want all the alcohol. 100% natural, hard soda. ABV, 5%. Naughty Soda, coming soon to you. In a world where you could listen to any podcast, you chose Achieving Reality, the podcast. So, here you are again, and here we are again. Doing another show to entertain you and drive you closer to the brink of madness. And one step beyond! <clears throat> Sorry. Alrighty, folks. Grab a drink and a sandwich and sit back and enjoy the boys. See you at the end. I had my camera ready all last night. Looking for Molly? Yes, I was looking for Molly over at the Tabernacle. That's weird, but okay. I uh, went and saw the Impractical Jokers last night. Yeah. And um, we had front row seats. Yeah. Or VIP. Yeah. I saw that. Tina Good would get you those tickets? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So Linda got me those tickets. <laughs> we will not give credit to Tina when it's due to Linda. <laughs> but that's what uh, I posted on the uh, the thing. She's like, VIP. I'm like, ooh, would Tina Good would give you those tickets? So yeah, front row seats at a comedy show. Mm-hmm. With the Tenderloins. I.e. the Impractical Jokers, which I actually like the original name of their show better. It's called Mission Uncomfortable. Yes, that works better. It sounds better, but it's not as commercial, I guess. Works for me. I think the idea is that you hear that title and it sounds like our mission is to make you uncomfortable. I don't know if I want to tune into something that's going to be making me uncomfortable. Oh, okay. But Impractical Jokers. But everybody tunes into nice. the, the Housewives of L.A. and all that nice. crap, and that just makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, but it doesn't have it in the title. Yeah. Yes, it does. The Housewives of wherever. First <laughs> off, I wanted to change all those shows. Yeah, get rid of them. Well, that too. But the Real Housewives of Atlanta. No. <laughs> I've met Real Housewives in Atlanta. That's not them. He asked about next Saturday. Oh my god! <laughs> Keep talking. I'm just gonna read these. No, I'm talking to you. you gotta well, I'm, I can pay ten. You do gonna, both. You gonna multitask? Yes, I actually know how to do that. Your vocabulary goes down when you do that. No, does not. <laughs> so yeah, I had my camera ready because first off, we're going to the tabernacle. And that big Ferris wheel's there, and I know I was going to have to have a picture of the day for something, you know. Well, I saw your pick of the day. Yeah, had my camera ready. We got there. Went down to the merchandise thing, which is a mistake. I, I, we should go to the merchandise thing after the show. Yeah. But sometimes it's not open after the show. That's true, too. But if you go before the show, you wind up carrying all your shit with you the whole time you're there. Yeah. Of course, if you don't shit in a bag, then you wouldn't have to carry your shit with you. Hmm. Remember that for next We time. have a lot of dogs. <laughs> you brought them with you, too? Yes. So... Got in there, we both bought t-shirts, and had to carry that around with me the whole time. Uh, that was your fault. Well, yes, I'm not, <laughs> not blaming anyone, I'm just saying. I know, but it's the way you're putting it. And the tabernacle doesn't have seating on the floor level. They put up folding chairs. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, right. I've been there for a concert. And you can't really stick things under your seat or anything and expect them to be there when you stand back up. Right. 
Or not be covered in beer or something along those lines. Or still be there and not covered in beer. Stepped on or something. Well, sure, if it's stepped on, that's... If it's in a bag, it's not too bad. Yeah. Just the thought of it. Yeah. So I have that tucked up under here, under my coat, you know. You're not wearing your coat. I was wearing a coat. But you're not now. Not now. Well, then it wasn't, it's not tucked up under your coat. I said it was. Oh. And if you wasn't trying to multitask, you'd know that. <laughs> so now I'm doing business, so. This is business. This is so I can write this off. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tina teach you that? Yeah. <coughs> Tina, wrote, Tina wrote this podcast off a long time ago. <laughs> yes, she did. Okay, so you had to hold your shirt under your coat all, mm-hmm. all night, which mm-hmm. must have been nice and warm. Well, it was kind of cold in the tabernacle, so. Really? Yeah, so it kind of paid off in the end. But, you know, I don't wear coats all that often if I can get away with it. Right. Neither do I. So, I mean, we're right there. I mean, I'm as close to the stage as I am to you. That's pretty it's close. right there. Really? You were just... I mean, the stage is there, and you can't you can't it, actually see them from the knees down almost for most of the show. If one because of them, they're it, right there. If one of them farted, you'd get the, the backsplash. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. And although they didn't do skits and stuff, which I was kind of expecting because they're a comedy troupe by trade. It was sponsored by True TV. So they spent most time just talking about the show. And it was very funny. I mean, they're doing the witty banter back and forth. And so were they friends before they filmed the troupe or did they become friends? They've known each other since like high school. I think uh, Joe said he's known one of them for like 24 years. Oh, okay. Uh, that's, so, that's why I was wondering. And so they went... I was like, because this show really wouldn't work if you were just like a troop thrown together. Like they knew each other through high school then they each went off separate ways, yeah. College. When they came back, they formed the comedy troupe. This thing they do on Practical Jokers is kind of something they've been doing off and on. Yeah. It's kind of their own, their little yeah. game that they play. Yeah, okay. And so, they decided to try and make it into a show which True TV bought and here we are. No, we, we would have been here but originally. The, show the original concept was that they were going to have people send videos in yeah. themselves, giving them missions, and oh. then they were going to have to go out and do them. That actually would be even cooler. It would be a lot be, of logistics. It would be cool, but you would lose the interactivity. Yeah. You'd just be like, okay, you go do this, you know, we're going to film it. Well, no, I but mean, it, with the way they had to show now, you could have they're it, all involved at the same time. Yeah, you could still have it like that. You, you know, they send someone would send in a mission for the show, and then the four of them discuss how the best go about torturing the one who's got to do it. I've watched the show. By the way, it's set up now. All four guys interacting at the same time. Yeah, and these guys are telling those guys what to do, and I think it works better the way it's set up now than it would have originally. The only problem I see is that if they keep getting more and more famous, it's going to be harder for them to do stuff. Yeah, it's called the uh, it's called the jackass theory. So, As they got more and more famous, they found, hey, we can't do this anymore. Yeah. Because people know, know who we are. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, can we use your facility? No. I know you. You're that Knoxville guy. Yeah. And he's the most famous of all of them. Mm-hmm. One of them's dead, but... <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's going to be the same thing. They're going to come up on you to do this joke. You're like, hey, you're the some practical joker guys. Mm-hmm. And the TV show will stop. And it'll come to a screeching halt. Because it's going to be that first person that recognizes them. Well, they might have to change format. Yeah. So they can continue on doing the show. They may have, like, they have to get <coughs> guest people come in and do stuff. Something. 
Yeah. They can torture the guest people. Let's see. What is it? Uh, Bar Rescue. After the second season, he was using his wife as the person to go into the bar Mm -hmm. to uh, scout it out and tell them how the service is and stuff and the food's good or whatever. And then she'd come out. Well, she did so many of them. And they had already been on TV now for a whole season when they were filming the second one. People started recognizing her when they walked in. So they would, even though he had the cameras in the store, they would put on their best show when they saw her. And so he started... The thing is, it's not like a secret. It's not that they don't know this person's coming in. Right. They've seen the show. Right. It's like the ones that get all upset when Robert Irvine comes in and starts barking orders. Yeah. It's like, you applied to be on the show. Not even that. You've seen what he does. You saw... Before that, probably Kitchen Nightmares. You were like, oh no, he's too rough. So Irvine comes in, he's a little less You know what I think it is? Brusque. I don't think it's the owners of the restaurant that call, that call those shows. No, I think it's, I think the, it's the managers. Bank. Or the, I think it's the bank. Oh, it could be the bank. It says, look, this place is failing. We don't want it to go under because we want our money back. Yeah. Have Gordon Ramsay go in there and, and whisk in the shape. Especially with that's the, why the he, Gordon ones. That's why he encountered so much resistance from the owners. Yeah. Is not because they called and asked for his help. The bank called. That's my theory on that. That that doesn't surprise me. You know, it's like, look, these people owe us two million. It's like we will close in the next month if you don't uh, turn this around so they can make a profit and pay us the hell off. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, and I mean, because they they usually say it several times in the episode. It's like you called for my help. Yeah, and I'm here to help you, but I don't think they did. Maybe they some of them do. Also, you got to think when you call, you're on your last legs as it is, but they're not coming to you like in two days. You have to go through a process. Mm-hmm. So you've called, and it's been maybe two months, three months before they get to you. You know, but you can usually tell because there's some that are sort of resistant to the change. Yeah, well, but, but aren't are resistant just, to the person themselves. They're not yeah. like confrontational. And I'm going. Yeah. It's like, he's right, we're failing, we should do something different, but I really hate to lose this. Yeah, well, And then it's, others like, I know what I've been doing, I've been doing this 27 years, and blah, 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 blah. Because <laughs> I like Robert Irvine, like, but you're failing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, you're kind of harsh there, Robert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's harsh. Okay, well then let me go get my buddy Gordon and have him tell you. By the way, he'll put his foot so far up your ass, you're going to sneeze shoe polish. But then, the John Taffer for Bar, well, bar Rescue is kind of like a... He's more Gordon, but he is kind of Irvine-ish. He's not British, of course. He's from New York, and he lives in Vegas now. But he's been doing this for 30 years. He knows what the hell he's doing. He owns or runs four of the most successful bars in Vegas. So when he goes in and they're like, well, I'm not going to change the name. Why? Because I like this name. I don't give a shit what you like. Well, the shithole is not a good name for a bar. <laughs> I mean, it may be funny to you, but most people are going to avoid it. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, there's well, one. It was. Let me let me let me put it this way: If someone comes up to you and says, "You know, I had dinner at the shithole last night," <laughs> are you going to continue the conversation? <laughs> yeah, I actually would. <laughs> be like, you went to a place called the shithole. <laughs> <laughs> How did they get that sign approved in the first place? What's well, like the you know um, when Guy Fieri goes to these places, diners, drive-ins, and dives. Yeah, very few of them he refers to as dives, but the ones that he does, they're they are dives. They're dives. I mean, they're not yeah. like they're dirty, nasty places. Well, they're right. just not as finesse. They're not 
It's not your typical hole in the wall when you think dive. They're kind of, I guess you'd apply the term rustic. You know, yeah. it's a pleasant term for it. They're not dank little yeah. hole in the walls. They're legitimate establishments, but they're just not finessed. They're not. Yeah. Well, they've got that we've been here for a hundred years kind of look. Now, Linda and I go to eat at the Rusty Nail every so often. Yeah. And it's kind of a dive bar, but it's not, you know, it's not filled with you know, one-legged sailors and <laughs> bikers and that sort of thing. It's, it's, it's a respectable establishment. It's just not is, what you call it. Is that how you, you figure your, your dive bar has to have one-legged sailors? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what if they have both legs but are missing an arm? Does that count or yeah. does they have to go to the one level up? Yeah, I mean, that's just that the Sons of Anarchy have to be there or, or something along those lines. Uh, well, that's a biker bar. Biker dive bar, really. Biker bar is a subgenre of dive bar, yeah. We don't see very many four star biker bars. True. There's a place in Alabama. I don't well, know if you probably, still around. You probably do. Man, but those are real those bikers. Are bikers. Those are those guys that go up to Helen, Georgia, and ride around in the mountains on the weekend with their yeah. Harley Davidsons and their loud pipe save life stickers. Yeah, and then come back into town and have dinner and, and have a hundred dollars. Then load their bikes plate. back up on the trailer and take them back home. Yeah, but uh, it's a place in Tuscaloosa. It's called. Uh, Although there's money to be made there, you could, you could yeah. put a biker bar there. And just milk those people dry. Well, no, you couldn't do it up there. They won't let you. They sure. No, it have to be. Uh, it have to be set like their barbarian look. So. Well, yeah, the building does, but the inside doesn't. Oh yeah, but uh, it's called the wooden door. That was a dive bar. Roof was caving in. There was holes in the wall where people had gotten out drunk and punched the wall. The guy just wouldn't fix it. The door was literally a old barn door. It didn't fit properly. But they had killer drinks. Mm-hmm. No, literally, I saw two people die. <laughs> you know, you start sort a tap. Tangalactic gargle blasters. <laughs> yeah. You still. Although they can't afford the actual ingredients, they just bash your head in with a brick wrapped in lemon. <laughs> oh, my eye, my head! <laughs> but, uh. <laughs> I'm just picturing him doing that. He's like. Or you want, oh, I'd like this. Wow. <laughs> Look at put a new lemon on here now. But uh, you could start your tab on a Monday and you wouldn't have to pay it off until like three Mondays later. Well, what they do is wait for you to pass out and then they take your wallet. <laughs> they take your wallet. <laughs> That's a dive bar. <laughs> and then they punch a hole in the wall and drop your wallet in. But it was, I mean, you know, I've been in dive bars but or little holes in the wall or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, but you don't see... Robert Irvine and Gordon Ramsay taking on those. Oh, no, hell no. No. Well, that's because dive bars make money. And Weirdly I think the difference between those two shows with Gordon Ramsay and Robert Irvine is that people get really confrontational with Gordon Ramsay. Well, it's because he's confrontational. Well, I think it's A, because they've seen it on TV yeah. so much yeah. that they expect to do it. They get up in his face and stuff. I think the other thing is Robert Irvine's. He's huge. He's built. Don't People don't get in his face so much. No, but don't. He's also on Food Network. Yeah. Well, don't mistake Gordon for being... I wouldn't tangle with Gordon Just remember, he just he just did a triathlon. Well, he was a soccer player, too. Before. Yeah, but then he broke his leg. That's why he became a chef. Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah. it's healed since then. Yeah. But uh, he just did a triathlon, and I think it was the Ironman, and he yeah, finished quite high. I wouldn't tangle with him. No, he's he's 
he's not ripped like Irvine. I mean, his his arms aren't as big as my leg, but but people see they don't yeah. see him on TV. Yeah, and on TV you can see. Yeah, Irvine. Well, he yeah. wears those tight shirts all the he time. He wears those purple Simon Cowell shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Which and Gordon it, always has like his chef coat on or, or street clothes. Yeah. You can't really and see a little, that. a little more baggy. I'm sure if he like took his shirt off and well, he's not he ripped, see, but he's, he's not ripped. But he's he's in very I'm, good shape. I'm very. I'm pretty convinced he's probably well toned and well. Very I saw fit. pictures of him doing the thing when he was just running around in just his his uh, pants and his shoes to do the biking part. And uh, yes, he's solid. Just one solid mass. I was like, "Holy crap! You punch him, you break your arm." <laughs> so, <clears throat> but people are much more willing to get confrontational up in the face of somebody who's smaller in, yeah. in frame. Than, yeah. Well, somebody who you look at, you don't know if he could kick your ass or not. I actually really also. Would... I mean, he's also he's British, and you know, so Amer- Americans don't. Irvine. Americans don't have that thought where it's like, "Oh, the British, we handed them their ass." Two, three times. How many times we fought them? <laughs> well, we also helped them a couple of times. Over there drinking tea and having scones. Just one scone? Yeah. Everybody in the whole country just eats one scone. Mm-hmm. That's a big scone. Yeah. <laughs> they have a big festival. They make it once a year. <laughs> it's like those um, contests where they have, they're going for the world record for the world's largest Rice Krispie treat. Yeah. And the whole town gets together and pours Rice Krispies in a big frame. Same thing. Oh. <laughs> Everybody gets... I thought you knew about this stuff. No. Don't you watch Food Network? I, I do, but I, I must have missed the... Uh, the, the scone episode? Largest scone of the world episode. Yeah. Yeah. Did, was that a two-day or is it just all one day? No, so this is like a two-day thing. Uh, so you have to bake it. Well, no, I'm, I'm not talking about the scone itself. I'm talking about the show. Oh, no, the show's one's just like a half hour. Oh, wow. They put it all in one half hour? Mm-hmm. I thought that'd be at least an hour show. Yeah, you would think. I would think, but not for this podcast. No, not for this podcast. <laughs> so... Again, trace it back. Where were we? Where were we? Where were we? Uh, you're talking to Practical Jokers. Yeah. So afterwards... After the show, which was good, it was very funny. They showed um, videos that they had made, and they showed the uh, sales tape that they made for the show. Oh, the pitch tape. Yeah, they showed that, which was funny. Well, it better have been. This is horrible. We're gonna put you on TV. It was pretty much the same stuff that they're doing now, but the format was different. They had people emailing in what they wanted them to do. I'm working on the last of the coffee right now. You better make some more. Yeah. You out? Ooh. Folgers, it's the crystals too. It's not Folgers. I won't tell you what it is though. Needless to say, I have a very pissed off Colombian living next door. Is that sheesh? <laughs> no, that'd be Arab. <clears throat> and you'd have a hookah on the middle of the table right here. And you every once in a while. They the don't table. know we don't have a hookah on the middle of the table. They won't stop. <laughs> they do now. <laughs> we can make a fortune with that. We just make these chandeliers into hookahs? Yeah. Is that a little hoses running off of it like that? Yeah. It'd be a bitch to load, but how great would that be? Uh, Hookup parties and stuff? The table's still clear? You can. That's true. Ooh, yeah, that would be neat. You don't have to <laughs> talk over the hookah or look around it. Yeah. It's right there. And it's like a centerpiece. If you make it a functioning chandelier as well. That'd be really wild. I'm going to cut this part out because that's my million dollar idea for the day. <laughs> that should be a new segment. Our million, million dollar, dollar idea. idea for the day? We could do that. We just have to keep coming up with million dollar ideas. And then people will be making millions of dollars off our ideas. No, no, they won't. They'll be losing millions of dollars off most of our ideas. 
We should like put all these prototypes together and then go on Shark Week like every week for this entire season. <laughs> that would be funny. The same two guys come stumbling out. <laughs> all right, all right. This, this, is a, look. this is a million dollar idea. We gotta come out of a room full of smoke. No, we no. <laughs> have Tina and Harvey do it. Not gonna tell her. Yeah. <laughs> Harvey can sit there and hold the thing up and demonstrate, and while Tina gives the pitch. Yeah. No, it's it's a hookah and a chandelier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, you're not understanding this. I'll give you a dollar. No. <laughs> we gotta have a tag. The uh, hookah and chandelier. The hookalier. Shandika. A Shanduka. A Shanduka. I like that one better. Hookalier is funny. Why should you have two models? Okay, so the hookalier and the. Uh, one, one ad. Just the two models. Yeah, well, I gotta run it down. Shanda. A Shanduka. Shanduka, that's it. Okay. <laughs> oh, look, we're working. We're working. And cutting this out of the podcast, too. <laughs> no, we can just harugi it. We haven't harugi anything in a while. I haven't had to. We don't have a binaural harugi anyway. <laughs> you can make it. Harugi. <laughs> well, you can make it right now. Harugi. Right across the listener. I can do that. I can go behind him. Go around it. Go around it. Or just hold it in place instead. No, 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 We might move the, the thing. No. All right. That's behind the scenes. Yeah. Where are we at? So uh, we're talking about the, the demo video. Yeah. They showed that. They showed um, some video they'd taken at airports and stuff. Just being wacky and various pictures, and then we did the, the meet and greet afterwards. Oh, there was a meet and greet. Yeah, we were VIPs. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we're world famous in Poland. <laughs> and I have to, they were. And they don't even know it. They were really nice and welcoming, and they seemed to be having a great time meeting people. The pictures you guys took, you could tell the smiles were genuine. Mm-hmm. I mean, Q. Is he the one that's uh, got to clean his hands and all that? No, that's Sal. Oh, that's the kind of short baldy guy. No, I don't. I don't know their names. He's the one that's um, Brian Quinn. This well, this season he's got a beard and okay, I saw the picture. Yeah, the cat. okay, yeah, yeah. He's he's also on Tell Him Steve Dave the podcast. Tell Him Steve Dave. Oh, okay. Walter Flanagan and Brian Johnson and Brian Quinn. They have a Tenderloins podcast that they do, and then him and Sal do one called um, What Say You. Well, I've heard that one. I think. Yeah, I mean he's got three podcasts going. Wow. Which I talked to him briefly about that. Get out of my face, kid. No. No, he wasn't like that at all. Kid, I'm older than you. Actually, actually he kind of lit up when, because Linda mentioned it, I was listening to tell Steve Dave. Yeah. Apparently, I mean, he really likes podcasting because he's doing three now. And he started the third one just because he didn't get enough out of the first two. We should start another one. Yeah, we'll do it right after this one. <laughs> we'll change chairs. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we'll just move the listener. We'll just move the listener. We're that lazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll move the microphone. We'll change chairs. No, no. We'll tell the listeners that we're... Yeah. We'll just point the microphones. We're in a different studio. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're not in the uh, Larry's studio anymore. We'll do it outside. <laughs> yeah, then when the kitty comes by, we go, kitty, and scare it off. <laughs> but, I mean, when the door opened... Um, Murr was standing right there. I mean, he opened the door. And the first thing he did was the, the first couple walked in. He's like, hi, how you doing? Let's take a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what they did. <laughs> he stepped up outside and they took a selfie with him. <laughs> that's pretty funny. And I mean, they just... That yeah, kind of selfie? Yeah, he, he, took, their, oh, that's he funny. took their camera and was 
doing a selfie with him and talk to Q and talk to Sal. He was there. He's the one that has the germaphobe thing. Yeah. And I saw him. I said, oh, it's okay. I washed my hands. But he was, I mean, he was. That's right, where you go. <laughs> and he, he walked right up and stuck his hand out. Like, yeah, well, that's because he's got a, a tank of uh, uh, sanitizer in the back. like, it's okay. I washed my hands. And he says, it's okay. I got antibacterial. He had a bottle of antibacterial uh, yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah. That's okay. The thing is, there's a lot of people milling about and got to you know, spend time with each other a little bit. But I couldn't make it over to Joe because he was on the other side of the stage. Yeah. And what's funny is that when they did the meet and greet, they said, okay, for those people who have the armbands and everything, after the show, go downstairs to the merchandise area and we'll round you up and we'll do the meet and greet. Because they had other things they had to do after the show. Cause, yeah. you know, Drink some water. For celebrities. And they yeah. had, do a little they interview. Had, Extra VIP people, you know, yeah, corporate it's people. It's called corporate and, and, and uh, news people. They had to do. But apparently they cut those guys a little short. I mean, they didn't keep us waiting that long. Maybe they only had to do a couple of things. Could have been the producers of the show. Good job, guys. Good job, guys. Here's a beer. And they took us in in groups of like 15. Oh, that's cool. Probably 16 because everybody's there in pairs. No apples? No apples. And because I didn't get around to seeing Joe. And they would basically say, okay, we're going to do group photos now. Then you hand your camera to the guy. Yeah. Oh, so they use your camera. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So you hand, hand your camera to the guy who's, um, I guess he's some sort of producer type guy or handler or something. Probably a PA. And something. you run in there and you stand with them and they take your picture and get your camera back. And right. Well, no, I hope so. Yeah. Can I have that back? <laughs> and I, I sat and waited for Linda and we were the last two. Oh, okay. So... Everybody was kind of dispersing. They're getting ready to bring the next group in. I was walking out to go catch up with Linda, and Joe comes walking up and says, "Oh hi, I'm Joe." No, oh, that's cool. I'm like, "Well, yeah, I know you're Joe." Hi, because <laughs> I hadn't. Right, you hadn't seen him. You didn't well, get a chance to he see came, him. He came over there and saw me. I was like, "Well, that's really that's cool, unexpected for people who have their own TV show and thing." And then when I, I started to walk off, and I was like, "Oh wait, there was an opening act for them. There's a comedian. He's." One of those up-and-coming comedians. I can't remember his name to save my life. I'll put something on the podcast you know, later. But he was really funny. He's been on Comedy Central and that sort of thing. But Oh, has he? Which comedian hasn't been on one of the Comedy There's Central quite shows. Quite a few. He was off on the other side of the stage because nobody was going up to him. Right, because he's not one of the four. He's not what people came to see. Right. So I, I he's kind of walked back around behind the producer guy. And walked up to him like, great set guy. So I would say something to him because, you know, Somebody needs to say something to him because, I mean, he did his thing, too. Yeah, and he, he was funny. His, he, he worked. Everybody seemed to like him, so why not you know, throw him a bone, too? Threw a bone at him? Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I genuinely liked what he did. He was funny. Yeah. Then good set, you know, and then left. So he didn't say anything back? Well, yeah, he said, oh, thanks. And, oh, okay. It's not like we sat down and had a conversation. But then I hit you up at but 9.30. I felt, I felt really bad because people were kind of ignoring him. I'm like, well, he's a funny guy, and he came out and... He's as famous as these guys were two years ago. True. Meet and greet him, too. <laughs> you don't remember his name, huh? No, because it's something weird. I'll, I'll look it up. Because uh-huh. I've never heard of him before. He hasn't been to the punchline or anything? He may have done. I don't actually pay attention to the punchline anymore. No. Because... I do. I just can't afford to go. That's the thing. I can't really afford to go right now. And people I want to see come to the punchline. Then I'm like... Oh, I really want to go see him, but I ain't got the money. Get all muddled down and it's a bad thing all together. I'd rather just go ahead and miss the show. Yeah. Than to sit there and agonize over, how can I go to see the show? 
Well, I just like knowing who's who's coming in. Like, oh, he's funny. Like, oh, David Tell was there. Damn, he's here a lot. Oh, I David Tell. I've, Marissa, I've Marissa, seen him there. Yeah, Marissa and I saw him there once. He actually opened the door for us to even go into the place. We were getting ready to go in, and he was coming out, take a big old smoke break, and he's like, "Oh, sorry, here, hold on a second. He holds the door because he came out and started closing the door, and he was lighting up, and he sees we're going in. He's like, "Oh," so then he grabs the door and he opens it up for us. I was like, "Oh, thanks, man." Well, I like moments like that. Yeah. Um, like the thing with Nicholas Brendan on Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday, right? Yeah. yeah. It's really odd to see famous people doing normal stuff. Why do you say that, though? Because that's not how we're used to seeing them. Well, we're, we're used to seeing them on, on TV and, and but movies. But if you go to Dragon Con or something, or one of those, well, maybe not San Diego Comic Con, but you see them doing regular stuff. When I was in Vegas for uh, the magic show, when I used to do that, I saw Kenny Baker just eating uh, breakfast. Yeah, but we're not used to seeing Kenny Baker in person. No, we're used to seeing him in a tin can. <laughs> which, which, which you don't actually see him then. But <clears throat> when you see somebody that you recognize from yeah. entertainment, yeah. and they're just walking down the street or having a hamburger or going to take a smoke break, this yeah, odd. I guess. I don't know. I just got that. We're all people. It's like that picture that was circulating on Facebook the other day of Barack Obama um, with the shotgun. Yeah, but that was fake, though. It's still, I mean, you look at it and you're like, well, I guess, you know. Yeah. That's not how I'm used to seeing him, but I guess he might like to go to the shooting range. I don't see a conflict of interest there, though. I mean, even if you're for strict gun laws, it doesn't mean you can't go skeet shooting. <laughs> Yeah, actually it does, because that means you either have to rent the gun or own the gun, or have somebody in your entourage that rents or owns the gun. And if you're against gun laws, then you can't have the gun. The, I should say, the ridiculously strict ones that he's trying to push through. Well, the ridiculously strict ones wouldn't necessarily ban skeet shooting ranges. They wouldn't ban the range, but you couldn't own the gun to go do it. Because Well, the range could have a gun that you can but borrow. But you'd have to rent the gun. Yeah. It's not like you bought the gun. No. It's like going bowling. You don't necessarily have to own a bowling ball and shoes to go. You don't? So I can go barefoot next time? You don't have to own the ball and shoes. Oh. Even a picture of him with an AK-47 duck hunting, that would have been really off. Yeah, well, yeah. Especially considering that would be really difficult. <laughs> I don't know how difficult that would be. It's very difficult because you'd have to lead the bird, but... It had to be close enough. That's if you're shooting at a bird. If you're shooting at a flock of birds... Well, you, you have to lead the flock of birds, then. Not by much. <laughs> Man, I can start leading the first bird and still hit the eighth bird. Maybe. Or miss the whole flock. Because once you start shooting, they'll... That'd be embarrassing. ...split out. That'd be embarrassing. I missed the entire flock. That went... <gasps> really? <laughs> All of a sudden, Spider-Man seems a lot more realistic. <laughs> Spider-Man? Well, he's always, you know, twisting in midair and bullets go whizzing past him. And yeah. Guys with automatic weaponry can't hit him. Yeah, well, that's true. But then, of course, there's the stormtroopers. When you see it, when you're like me, and you don't handle guns very often, and you see it on the movie screen, it's like, oh, bullshit. <laughs> that guy just offed like 100 rounds of ammunition, couldn't hit Spider-Man once. Come on, Really? Then actually you handle one and try and shoot a target. It's like, oh, I guess so. Yeah, there's a lot of muzzle rise with, with machine guns. I guess I'll quit giving Batman shit. <laughs> Batman, well, he wears armor. Spider-Man, Spider-Man doesn't. On the comic books, he doesn't wear armor. 
Actually, he has been more. In the newer ones, the new 52, that suit's not cloth. Oh, is it? I yeah, it's it's a it's, it's a Kevlar type. It's kind of like Kevlar, but it's I think it's his own making or something. In the or, <laughs> in the, 80s, the older stuff, in the yeah, 80s, and it was just like a pullover. Like a yeah, sweatshirt. it's just lycra. What even that? It was like a sweater. Yeah, oh well, yeah, there's that too. Or a, a sweatshirt. But if he's doing that, then he's got to be wearing like maybe now in, the Kevlar vest. In Dark Knight Returns, he has a metal plate across his chest where the yeah. bat symbol is. Because the, the line in the book is, um, why do you think I wear a target on my chest? I can't armor my head. Yeah, which he could, actually, but yeah. Well, not Which they the, proved in the movies. Not in that. Yeah. Not in that iteration. No, I know. That's why I kind of like Batman. Uh, well, actually, I really think he's one of the better superheroes because he's, he's super. just super smart and super... He's trained. Athletic. Yeah. You can see the progression of him. From back in the old days where it was like leather and, you know, cloth. To now where it's special blends of fibers and this, that, and the other. And little plates and stuff like that to keep them protected. Batman is, is a character that can afford to keep up with yeah. modern technology. Or stay ahead of it. Because modern technology fits into the scheme of his thing. Yeah. Superman doesn't have to worry about it. Well, no, I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't going with that, but like even the Flash, well, I mean, his outfit has to be able to resist, you know, friction and everything. Yeah, but his is an easy out. You know, you just put in a line somewhere where, well, this is a special suit that resists friction. Yeah. And well, they're not But he was a scientist. And the but, same thing with uh, the Fantastic Four. Reed Richards had to figure out a way to have it so their suits worked with their powers. I bet his was a bitch. Oh, the stretchy one? Oh, yeah. Well, no, he just went lycra. <laughs> There's only so much lycra can do. Yeah. It would be funny if they drew it that way, though, where his suit only expands so far. You're like, ow! Where like, the <laughs> sleeves just start creeping up and his arm extends. <laughs> Reed! Oh, damn it. <laughs> I think Reed Richards also invented those pants that the Hulk wears, the purple pants. Oh, yeah, because he puts on any pair and then they just appear? Well, he walks out and the pants rise up his leg, but the waistband expands. Yeah. With a belt. With a belt. The bottom of them are tattered now. Yeah. And he's hulked out. The waistband's still intact. Well, it's... Uh, it's very important. Yes. It's not a real belt. It's uh, it's what is that? It's very important to the PG-13 rating that yeah. the Hulk's pants stretch. What is that? Um, pajama jeans or... It was on TV for a little while. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. He just created those, but in bigger size. And then the waist just got super elasticity. Oh, speaking of comic book scientists, did you see the latest news about Ant-Man? Yeah, uh, Michael Douglas. What the hell? I don't understand that at all. That's going a different way. Because last I heard it was going to be Paul Rudd. Yeah, so did I. I Paul Rudd, I was like, I can see it sort of. Okay. Did no, you hear that the Superman sure. Batman movie's been pushed back to 2016? Really? Why? They said they were having some complications in filming. That was... They hadn't got started filming. Well, then there's part of the complications, but... There's a complication somewhere that they're not talking about. Yeah, I mean, that's the new... That, that is a super condensed version of what they said. I'm certain it's not going to be a scheduling issue. No, I don't think so. Because that takes priority. Well, that and on Cavill's schedule, on on uh, yeah. Affleck's schedule, that takes priority. Affleck's into comic book thing. He, I'm sure he's looking forward to this. Any other project will be pushed back. You know, Goodwill Hunting Two has been pushed back for this. <laughs> oh, gonna miss that. Oh, that was so good. 
But seriously, uh, seriously this time I said we're gonna give you the role of Batman. It's like yeah, I'm gonna clear my schedule. Yeah, I would too because it's not like oh we're gonna give you the role of Batman. Oh, and by the way, you're only gonna make about a hundred grand off of this. Be, Even if they said he's gonna be like, like here's a big grand. fat check to go along with it. I bet if they came into him and said and it's only gonna cost you a hundred grand, you're like <laughs> done. <laughs> I don't know if I would pay to take the role. If I was Ben Affleck and someone came to me and says, the role of Batman is yours, it's only going to cost you $100,000. I'd be like, I'm going to write a check. Man. Here, you take ATM cards? <laughs> I'm doing it. Sure, yeah, okay, because I found this guy. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'd i be on the fence with that. If I was Ben Affleck, I'd, but it mattered, I'd I mean, be on top of that. Yeah, but everybody's making money and you had to pay to be in the movie. I'd pay to be Batman. It's not like you're being Superman. <laughs> True. I don't know. I'd still, I'm still on the fence with that one. I wouldn't pay to be Superman at all, or Spider-Man. No, because I know I might pay. No one's gonna pay to though. see me in the suit. Yeah, I you might... might pay to see me not in the suit. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Superman. No, you're a fat tub of shit. <laughs> you're a fat blue blob. Is what you are. <laughs> <laughs> with an S on his chest no, that's all stretched out it looks like a Z it's <laughs> not an S it means hope <laughs> it means hope yeah that sounded stupid in the trailer but in the movie it worked because all the Kryptonians <clears throat> had various emblems yeah right with their house symbol yeah. and that was the L house symbol it made perfect sense in the movie in the trailer it sounded stupid no it, it made sense to me in the in the trailer too when he well, said, said that that's what it was they just said where I come from this means hope right so I just took it at that I was like oh that's kind of cool so he's got hope on his chest it's like people get tattoos of Japanese or Chinese yeah, symbols it's kind of weak if that's all you know about it but when it's revealed that that's the L yeah. house symbol. Right. Oh, that makes perfect sense. No wonder they said that at one point in time, though. They may have done it in the comics. No, I think they said it in the one of the first with Christopher Reeves. I think they I don't said it. they said it. I think they but, said it was but, like our, the symbol of our house or something. But in the movie... I'm going to draw it off and throw a saran wrap version of it at you. Jarrell's wearing it. Yeah, too. right. So it may be implied, but I don't know if he ever said it. He may have said it, but... I might have just picked it up from that then. Been, I, I, I was a smart child. And then I became an adult and now I'm an idiot. I just watched it. But I, nobody I, else had varying symbols. Right. In those movies. And this one, each character has some sort of symbol that represents their house. And they, I think they actually, it may be in the special features, they show the whole. Oh, they show all of them? They show a lot of them. That's cool. You see them in various places throughout the movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. So. Oh, you need to see them. I do. It does lack a lot of the fun of the Christopher Reeve movies. But that was the 80s and, and the 70s. So it, everything was more fun. Batman was more fun. The special effect, I mean, it's a grand scale movie. Yeah. It's it's on a grand scale. And then you have to kind of do that with Superman. Yeah. I mean, he can't be out fighting muggers. Because <laughs> it's overkill. It really is. It would be funny to see him on a building like half a mile away. I see you! <laughs> now the muggers like... Sorry. Should I take myself to jail? <laughs> Who said that? Superman! Why that big blue guy on that building over there? <laughs> Can't miss him. The red cape flaring in the wind. And the, I mean, even the suit is toned down. I mean, it's not blue. It's, it's blue. Yeah, I like the new suit. People complained it, because he didn't have his underwear on the outside and everything. That, didn't, that actually did bother me a little bit, but only because... I mean, it's just blue from shins to neck. 
that one solid. I mean, it throws me off because it's not what I'm used to seeing. Yeah. First off, well, that's the thing that people were complaining suit, about. But, but it's, they it's like that in New Fifty Two as well. In the it, it needs something to break it up a little bit. Doesn't the belt break it up? He's got it's some a, kind of the a belt. belt. The belt is kind of subdued too. It's it's, it's a yellowish. Mm. It just needs a little something in there. Yeah, the cover bun. He's a cover bun. He's a cover bun. <laughs> He's a bow tie. That'd be kind of funny, actually. <laughs> a red bow tie. Yeah, yeah. Blue all the way up. No, no, uh, no uh, cape. Just the bow tie. That'd be a great way to start the second movie. It's like just one of those shots from boots up, going all the way up, all the way up, all the way up. Then it gets to the top. There's a red bow tie. <laughs> and you see his face, and it's not Superman. It's just some kind of male exotic dancer. <laughs> <laughs> with a different symbol. Well, think about it. If, if Superman suddenly appeared in the world and he gained acceptance, that's one of the first things that happened. You know, that's you know. true. <laughs> that, that'd be mm. great. That'd be actually a great spoof movie. No, I mean, that'd be great to include them. If you're going to real world it, that's something that's going to happen. Yeah. Make him a singing telegram. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Not an exotic go. dancer. <laughs> we'll make him a singing telegram so we can get the PG-13 rating. <laughs> and he... Is it just me or there are a lot of PG-13 movies out there now? That's the goal. You to not ever have an R again? Well, the thing with a PG-13 movie, you can merchandise toys. Oh, true. With an R-rated movie, you're really limited in what you can do because the people who will buy the toys are not the people who can see the movie. Yeah. That's true. I didn't think about it like that. You have your occasions where you have a Freddy Krueger doll. Yeah. I have I have a uh, Gunnar Hansen upstairs, Leatherface. That's, that's a McFarlane, isn't it? No. Might be. But it, it wasn't so. marketed to kids. No, it was in Toys R Us. That's where I bought it, though. Well, Toys R Us isn't necessarily marketed to kids anymore, either. Yeah. I mean, there was a mass-market Freddy Krueger yeah. full-string doll. There was an alien figure that was released right after the movie. The movie Alien? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a whole, there's a whole line of them. There was a board game? Yeah. There's been multiple But it's very rare that, that an R-rated movie can be marketed to kids. Yeah, true. Was Chucky R or PG-13? Chucky was R. Well, those the original. were out. Yeah. The original. Those were out. Hell, they were making fun of the My Buddy dolls. Mm-hmm. I mean, They're getting ready to reboot that, by the way. No, they changed their mind. No? This uh, That movie's already out. You can get it on home video now. Really? Yeah, I can't. It's called Curse of Chucky, I think? No, uh, yeah, I saw that. Uh, no, I They thought, were getting ready to reboot it, and then they decided at the last minute, what's the point? Because they had Brad Dorf back to do the voice. Right. He was going to do the voice in the reboot. Right, and his daughter's actually in it. Yeah, and I guess they just decided, what's the point of rebooting? Oh, all right. It may be a soft reboot, where they just kind of... No, that'd be be great if they don't. Then they can actually just leave something alone for a while. Because I don't think there's any mention of the kid in this one. Linda Cena, I haven't. I know Brad's in it. I know his daughter is in it. So it may be kind of a soft reboot, where they're... I think so. I think they're continuing the story. just continuing it. Without some of the baggage. That's great, though. I mean... Because they've really taken the Chucky family idea as far as it needs to go. Yeah. Not that the... Well, I like, they should have never I liked, did what they did with it anyway. I like to see the Chucky movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, if you want it for the humor and the fun aspect, I wanted it but to be the, the original Chucky again. But another installment of that? No. I don't, I don't even want to see where it goes. No. The boy is dating? I like the whole Glenn and Glenda thing that they did with that. I thought it was really funny. And I mean, it was kind of disturbing too in its own little weird way. Yeah. Not quite as disturbing as Glenn or Glenda. But. Well. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I like when they do a reboot of something. Like, I really did like Rob Zombie's double, you know, uh, Halloween. Didn't he do the 
Friday the 13th, too? They're actually getting no. ready to reboot that again. No, he didn't do Friday the 13th. Uh, that's right. But, the, yeah, they're getting ready to reboot Friday the 13th again. I hadn't heard about that. But they've been having this big argument on whether to have Jason in the movie or not. And all the people like you and my age, and the people who know, they're like, well, he wasn't in the first one, so go ahead. You know, you can... Well, he was the MacGuffin in the first one. He was the what? He's the MacGuffin. He's kind of like the legend. The Camp yeah. Crystal Lake. The yeah. old boy drowned here. Exactly. And his... And there's all the question about whether or not it's Jason killing people. Right. And we, of course, end up finding out that it's not. Spoilers. Spoilers. For a 40-year-old movie. Well, not 40. 30. Something. Well, by the time people hear it, it'll be 40. <laughs> uh, so they're talking about redoing it, but then all these people, and then some people that are purists and, and, and around our age, too, are like, oh, no, no, you need to have him in there. Jason has to be in Friday the 13th. But then even I got on and said, no, he doesn't. If you're rebooting the series and you want to start from one... That's me. Did you, did you level? Yes. Yeah. It's, I'm very busy. I'm very, apparently. I'm very famous. <laughs> you're sitting there with your arms crossed and you're doing great things. I am. Uh, you don't I need... I do the post. Uh, yeah. Uh, you get Harvey to do it anyways. But uh, you you don't need him in there. I mean, I guess you could have like a quick blip of him in there instead of doing the dream sequence at the end. Well, in the, if you're rebooting the series from the beginning, yeah. he's the legend. He's not the killer. Right. He's like the person you expect to be the killer. Exactly. It turns out to be somebody different. Right. Now, if you want... Now, if they do, if they do reboot it, it won't be his mother that's the killer because that's been done. Well, right. It'll be something... Yeah, it might actually be Jason. And they just never show you the killer. You just see, like, the original right. one. You never see it. But then in the end, maybe he goes and he finds... Because it's not going to be at Crystal Lake either, I think they said. They're going to do it somewhere else. I can't remember 100% because they keep changing stuff on it. Yeah, but... Yes. Uh, I mean, then I can see him, you know... If that's the case, then I'm not looking forward to it. Well, I don't remember... Because it's got it, too much yeah. interference. Well, I don't remember it, but, you know, I can see him, you know, grabbing the mask and putting it on, and that's when you see Jason. Jason didn't have a mask in the first... I know, he had the bag on his head. But I'm just... Remember Jason said that was his favorite Jason? With, with the bag on his head. Yeah, he did. Hillbilly Jason. Yeah. But I'm just saying that would be a good reboot. He's also not the killer in five. No, he's not. Which might, might be some an random dude. That might be an interesting way to go to have some That's, random you dude. Could, you could take it from five and spawn it off of that. Well, have some random dude pretending to be Jason in yeah. this area, killing people. Kind of. Oh, and it's going to be a fine footage, found footage movie. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, that I do remember. That that's way past its prime. Yeah. That means something has to be done really creatively to, to warrant a found footage movie. I never could understand five though, because it was the blue lines on the mask. That's how you were supposed to know the difference. It also didn't have a big axe mark in the head. Well, yeah. Where it been hit with a machete. Yeah, which would make it not an axe mark. But that would be a good way of doing it, is have somebody using the legend of Jason to kill off some people. Yeah. A la Scooby-Doo. Well, yeah. Well, that's what they do in Scooby-Doo. No, yeah, I know. Oh, the legend of the oh it's the Creeper! The legend of the haunted amusement park. and Yeah. Oh, there's the ghost, and he's using it to cover some drug operation or something. Yeah. Or he's smuggling something. Or yeah, or he's got, you know, all this gold some, buried in the middle of something. Trying to drive everybody out so he can buy the land cheap, you know. Yeah. Or maybe that's what he's doing. He's trying to drive everybody away so they can buy up the land cheap a la Lex Luthor. They could do that. And then at the end, have the twist be that the real Jason shows up and kills the guy. Yeah. 
or the guy drowns and then we do get a fee for this script you know <laughs> if one of your producers are listening 5% of total sales yeah we'll negotiate well that was more tame than usual I wonder if they're feeling okay hope so yeah well next week they'll talk Star Trek versus Star Wars and show just how big of nerds they really are Hope you come back for another Achieving Reality, the podcast. For Chris, Larry, and Harvey, I'm Tina saying, Oh, for all that's holy, Larry, stop trying to get me to say stupid things like this. I like 5% of total sales. Well, I like it too, but, um, well, it tanks. We'd still get 5% of whatever. First off, it's going to be our fault. (laughs) And second off, we'll get 5% of nothing. We may take a flat fee. This episode of Achieving Reality, the podcast, has been brought to you by National Fruit Juice. Do you like snack food? Do you like fruit? Hell, do you like rope? Well, then we've got what you want. National Fruit Juice. It's a fruit rope snack that can also be used to tie things down. It comes in five tasty flavors and one horrible one. But your guess is as good as mine figuring it out by the looks because they all look the same. So, if you're moving and you're hungry, National Fruit Jute, tie one on today. There, I got rope flavored.